My who, your who, who are you? I admit I obsess about a few things, so I end up finding themes in what I write. Add to that my passion for self-awareness, being detail-oriented, and my search for patterns, I arrive at this current obsession, which is one's ability or inability to determine who they are. This kind of has to start seven or so years ago when I fell apart and had to put myself back together. I actually fell apart twice, but I usually gloss over that fact because the two were roughly six months apart. And it's inarguable that I wasn't finished falling apart the first time, so the putting back together couldn't happen until I finished falling apart the second time. Obvious, right? The putting back together had everything to do with the questions you ask yourself in a midlife crisis. Who am I? What do I want? How did I get so broken? Can I heal? Are there ways to fix this? What should I do? What do I want to do? What can I do? Where do I find solutions and ideas? What do I do to feel whole? Have I ever been whole? And again, who am I? These questions might feel different to someone who already has self-esteem. And the answers might be different too. I was a grown-ass woman realizing I was an enabler. I was insecure. I was at a loss at how to make myself important to myself. And everything related to confidence was still an enigma to me. Despite having admitted that to myself, maybe even 16 years earlier. I was a broken nobody with a bunch of trauma from my childhood ensuring I was the furthest thing from whole. Frankly, the solitude and feeling not just broken, but broken with nobody but myself to suggest how to reassemble, I had to ask some hard questions and come to some hard realizations. The first was simply that I had a lot of work to do. The second was that I wanted to do the work. And somewhere along the line after that, I realized the work was the most beneficial thing I could do, and that it was far easier than I expected. And by easy, I don't mean like eating cake. I mean like as compared to the difficulty of not doing the work. Because for me, once deciding to put myself back together and figure out who I was, The alternative felt like drowning or being smothered. I had to ask myself what internal and external factors are within your control, and then what plays the part of determining who you are and are not. I'm not saying there's a set answer, and I've learned it has to do with where you are at with the struggles you currently have. What comes first kind of decides itself. It's different for everyone, and depending on where you put your focus, importance, and attention, that will be how your conclusions are drawn. One of the biggest factors in this subject of deciding who I am has a lot to do with something I've been more willing to share over this last year, which is that I grew up with a father that was an abusive narcissist, always angry and hitting us. He grew up being emotionally, mentally, and physically abused by both of his parents. I've been studying narcissism and how it's a conditioned trait, not a genetic one. And to be blunt, narcissism is incurable. Reference the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders, 5th edition, 
to learn how seriously severe it is. I realize that my diagnosis is that I am a narcissistic enabler, and that trait is one that also appears from a childhood of conditioning where one has to do, be, serve, and act, all in accordance to what a narcissistic parent insists. I'm going to say, lucky for me, his violence and self-centered rants were done most often by sitting us, mom and the kids, on the couch with him facing us for his outbursts. He put himself as the opposition. So even as a child, I was aware that I was part of the team being attacked by the one monster. He taught me over and over that he was the unhealthy one. As you can imagine, the rants and stories of everyone being against him, that he is the outsider, that nobody wants him to have success, that everyone is jealous of how smart he is, that people don't like him because he's so good at what he does, all of this was an education in narcissism from a young age. No, I didn't need a diagnosis. Dad's crazy was what he was teaching us. All of this made me hyper-aware. From the earliest age, I was on the edge, ready to jump if he said jump, ready to fly if I saw something coming that required my speed. His crazy ways had me hyper-vigilant for what might happen and how I might need to react. I suppose a simple way to put it is I was tuned up all the way a child could be on the survival dial. This made me the enabler I became so good at, and even later in life, being married to an alcoholic, I was never Natalie. I was ready. Ready for what? Nothing, really. I didn't actually have an action plan. I was like a bird dog, waiting for the word go, paying attention to every detail I might have to go for. My belief being I could somehow bring calmness, quiet, diffusion, not getting hit, or possibly prevent any situation from getting worse that arose, despite my inability to see the obvious. I was a powerless child. My mind had no concept of this fact. I suppose the only thing I could do was talk him down if a situation allowed it. Like the time he got so angry at his inability to do something that he was freaking out and saying he should just kill himself. At 10, I talked my 37-year-old dad off that ledge. His guns were less than seven steps from us. I wish I could watch that as a fly on the wall at this age. I wonder how I succeeded, because I did. Getting back on track. I was always in a state of frozen bird dog, just watching every detail I could. This is how I notice so many things that others don't, and why I'm so great at reading facial expressions and intonation. Clearly, I was trained, just like a dog. Part of my obsession is that my genes from my father have not made me like him. Whatever genes I got do not dictate my who. The way I was raised has. And the way he was raised has dictated his who. But what I continually get hung up on is the fact that each of us decides our actions. Whether we laugh or shout, whether we hug or hit, if we ask for help or freak the fuck out. Because if you make a fist or pick up a gun and use either of them on your family, that is a choice. The realization that narcissism is a non-curable condition 
just as autism is incurable, has me wondering just how much an unhealthy person can decide their who. This obsession, as I call it, has me feeling so depressed lately because I don't want to hand over non-volition to people who choose to be awful. In doing so much reading online, the craziness I'm reading about pales my story and my experience. But every one of the stories I read about does not have a person institutionalized. They are walking freely, making decisions, and interacting with others. So I feel like there is an argument that even the crazies are in charge of themselves and can decide their who. How fucking awful you are to people or how kind is a choice. What your hands do in relation to others near you is within your power of choice. My dad could have decided his who, the way he acted, the way he reacted, the way he made himself the enemy. We make a million choices a day, and so many of those choices are decisions about your who. And I have to tell you, with as much seriousness as I can in this moment, who you are affects who others are. Yes, clearly my grandmother and my grandfather, both being shitty people, gave their child some shitty genes. But the bigger issue is who they were to him. They both had a reputation, and neighbors even had stories back when they were alive about how awful my grandma and grandpa were. Their who affected his who. But this is my whole point. Be a piece of shit. Be an awful human. Or be someone awesome. It's your choice. The hypervigilance and nothingness I became because of my father is far greater than whatever genes he may have given me. And what I did, what I chose, and who I became is my choice. Remember my falling apart and asking, who am I? That question was not just a right now question. I wasn't just asking about where I was in the moment of total uncertainty. Because being conditioned into a narcissistic enabler, I never knew my who. Answering that question has been my freedom and blank slate to figure out. Looking at what hurts, healing and dealing with those old wounds are how I reach the answer to who am I? If you know me, if you meet me, you do not meet someone who sits as a bird dog. I don't wait to be affected or to move. I decide my who. And now every choice I make from how I act to what my reactions are is done by the details of my who. My consciousness, my awareness, my desires, and my loves with happiness and wholeness as the aim of my destination. So if you find yourself wondering why people treat you a certain way, just as my father might, you should really take a long, hard look in the mirror and see your who. That is why people treat you the way they do. That is why your interactions with others seem to have a pattern. You are showing them your who on a daily basis. Don't be surprised if people get to know it, expect it, and stay away, or come close. I get a lot of people show me they see my who and they like my who. I reckon I'm on that successful path to happiness, 
not as a bird dog or an enabler, but instead someone accepting responsibility for her who.